Hello and welcome to Living Life. Uh, well, to give some context before I begin this conversation, uh, I'd like you to know I'm a high school pastor and so I've got a lot of high school kids that I work with. And some of the challenges that I've faced as a high school pastor is really helping students to understand uh, the, the completeness of Jesus' salvation the completeness of Jesus' work of salvation in people's lives. A lot of the students um, struggle because they'll go to retreat and they'll be super blessed and they'll raise their hands and come to the altar and say, nah, I believe Jesus and I'm saved. And then they come back and they fall into a lot of different sins. And so a lot of students will come and go, am I still forgiven? Does Jesus still love me? I've asked Jesus for forgiveness so many times and I still sin the same sin. Am I really still saved? Was I even saved in the first place? There are many different questions that come up. And perhaps you're, you yourself are struggling uh, with this reality. So today uh, we're going to be looking at how Jesus' salvation is the perfect salvation, the complete salvation. So why don't we read the passage together? and dive into this topic furthermore. Hebrews chapter 7, verses 23 through 28. Now there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office, but because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, because he always lives to intercede for them. Such a high priest truly meets our need, one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests men in all their weakness, but the oath which came after the law appointed the Son, who has been made perfect forever. Today's passage um, is the conclusion of uh, what chapter 7 was arguing for, what the author of Hebrews was arguing for. In chapter 7, there was one cohesive argument. Now we're finally kind of at the climax of it. The, this is what all of these things were for. Let me make this final argument. Right? And we see that since Jesus lives forever, and is, is written in living life, he has been given a permanent priesthood. Unlike other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day. He sacrificed for the sins of the people once for all when he offered himself. God's oath, which came after the law, has appointed Jesus the Son to be the perfect high priest forever. The summary or summarizing one sentence that I made for this is Jesus is the perfect priest who saves us completely for all eternity. Jesus is the perfect priest who saves us completely for all eternity. 
I just shared about how I'm a high school pastor and I have high school students who really struggle uh, with wondering like, man, if I'm committing all these sins, am I, am I still really forgiven? Can I still be forgiven? If I've done all these things, can I really be forgiven? And to help the students understand and um, connect with someone who may have maybe even lived a quote-unquote worse life than them, um, to get across some points, and I shared about um, a woman's uh, life story. Her name is Annie Lobert, and she was a woman who uh, grew up abused by her father, and so she never really got the love that she wanted from her father, um, and that made her very uh, that grew like a void in her heart. And then after that, she uh, went on to living kind of a promiscuous life. In high school, there was a boy who, who came up to her and said, if you have sex with me, I'll get, married with you. I'll get married to you and we'll have kids and we'll be forever, we'll live forever together. Um, and because she was wanting love and acceptance, she jumped right in. But the guy, after having sex with, sex with her, just left her. And so then she was left with a lot of anger, a lot of bitterness uh, towards men. And so she started to um, live a life where um, she used men. She would use her body as a way to get things she wanted from men. Uh, she would sleep around and uh, through that she would get money. So eventually she actually became a prostitute. Um, and finally she got a bunch of things. She got a nice car, nice clothes, all these things, but she wanted more. Um, and so she actually, what ended up happening is she got into, she was put into sex trafficking and she was under uh, a pimp. And through that, she was used and abused, used and abused repeatedly. And eventually when she realized she wanted to leave, uh, she was beaten near to death um, and everything she had was taken away from her. And from that point when she had nothing, she, want, she still, the only living she knew how to uh, do was prostitution. So she continued in that. But later what eventually happened was uh, she got cancer. And so she ended up losing her hair. And so she ended up becoming not as beautiful. And she would uh, have clients who would call her names. And going from living a very rich and famous life to now being stuck in small, dirty motels. She was so fed up and she actually took drugs and she overdosed on it saying, you know what, forget this. I um, mean, she overdosed and uh, she was nearly about to die. And in that place, um, she cried out with tears in her eyes. Jesus, if you're real, if you're really real, save me. Um, and eventually what happened was um, she woke up in a hospital and the doctor told her, little lady, you, you should be dead right now. Uh, it's a miracle that you're alive. And for her, I'm, and I'm you know, paraphrasing, summarizing a very deep, painful story. Um, but through that journey, she really came to see that Jesus is the Christ. Um, and though she was afraid of going to a church because she was a prostitute, she thought who would ever accept her. Uh, she really got connected to a loving church community, uh, really found Christ, and is now a woman who uh, helps other 
women in the red light district come out of sex trafficking. The reason I share this story is in the, in the midst of her stories, when she was sharing how um, fed up she was with the life she was living, she shared this one uh, a time, a memory of hers, where she was in the shower. And she was crying in the shower, wiping herself over and over again, but saying, I still felt dirty. I still felt dirty. And then the crazy thing she says at the end of her testimony, after she shares about how she met Christ, she says with a smile, and this smile was so genuine. She said, you know why I am now? I'm a virgin. If you think about that scenario, one may make the argument, you are not a virgin. There's no way. But then if virgin for her, what she's trying to get across is, because of Jesus Christ, I am clean. I am holy. I am set apart. Because the important reality is this. It is not our bodies that need redemption. It is our souls. And with the promise of, with the redemption of the soul, there's a promise of the redemption of the body as well, as we see in Revelations. I share this story to my students, and some, sometimes I even have them watch the video of the testimony. To come to a place where they can understand, look at this woman. In the world's eyes, there's no way she could say that she is clean, blameless, holy, but she is able to say with confidence that she is clean and holy. Why? Because she has faith, complete faith, that the saving work of Jesus Christ completely saves her, has completely uh, freed her. And I believe this is the reality that the author of Hebrews really wants to get across uh, to the Jewish Christians who were living in a place where they had to make sacrifices day by day. No, through Jesus Christ, we're eternally, forever forgiven. And this is uh, the narrative I, share, I try to share with my students. So why don't we go to the conclusion um, and end this time together. The way I would like to conclude this time is just by reading this passage one more time. I think it's so beautifully written. Now there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Such a high priest truly meets our need, one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day by day or day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for sins, for their sins, once for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests men in all their weakness, but the oath which came after the law appointed the Son, who has been made perfect forever. Brothers and sisters, you and I, by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, are saved completely, and He has washed away our sins for all eternity. So may you and I rest in that. Why don't we pray? 
Father, help us to recognize not just in our minds, but deeply in our hearts that you have saved us completely. And may this start to transform the way we approach ourselves and the way we approach others. And Lord, may we boldly approach you May it be this grace that transforms us and sanctifies us and matures us in you. We need you. We love you. We praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.